Righto guys, welcome along to episode 65 of Iron Man Talk with Coach Daddy John Newsom. Who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? And Bevan James Isles. How you going, mate? Good. We're broadcasting live from Daddy Central. Daddy Central. We're not in Iron Man Talk Studios this week, and we're in John's office. It's very plush. You've got lovely photos, haven't you? You've got the size of that computer screen. That's outstanding. <laughs> Must be a big 17 inch, is it? It is. Oh, back to the old 17 school. 17 inches of pure power. Pure power. Iron Man Talk is brought to you by? Athlinks and, and Coffees of Hawaii. Nice, so we talk a little bit more about those later on. So anyway, in this week's show, we've got our news coming up. We've got Age Grouper of the Week. We've got Website of the Week. Coach's Corner this week is... We're going back to do that swim start that we missed out on last week. Nice, and we've got questions and answers. Now, this show may be a little bit shorter this week because um, it's actually Saturday night here in New Zealand. We normally record on a Tuesday. Um, we know what's good doing, going on on a Saturday <laughs> oh, <yeah>. night. <laughs> when you want to party, you party with us boys. <laughs> so um, so for that reason, um, I'm, I'm off to Germany first thing tomorrow morning, so we thought we'd try to knock the show out today. So we won't have any res- results from this weekend's racing, but uh, we'll talk about that in the future. Exactly. Anyway, straight into it. It's a big Ironman weekend coming up. Obviously, we're all going to be glued to Rote, watching yep. the Bevan race over there. So we couldn't actually find a start list for Rote, but uh, we know that Macca's racing. Yep. We know Bevan's going to take Macca down. We know, uh, I think, Kieran Doe's more than likely yeah, racing. Yeah, no, he's racing, yep. Um, um, Lothar Leader's probably going to be racing. Who's the guy from professional organisation? Uh, Olaf. Olaf's. Olaf, he'll yep. be there. Yep. You, you'll have a whole lot of Germans racing there, and those guys are just animals. You know, There'll be a lot of guys maybe we haven't heard of um, that'll be rocking up, but they'll be in fantastic shape. Well, I was looking at last year's times, and the top 30 all did under 8.45. Really? Yeah. Because I was thinking, I wonder where I'd go if, you know, if I've got like a sub-9. I was like, yeah, you'd be top 50 type of thing. <laughs> it was unbelievable. Yeah, so, so. But fast racing over there, you know, the, the I think the course record is 7.51. Uh, it's, it's not wow. just fast on the bike, it's fast on the run as well. Yep. I think because some of the sections are, are un- unsealed and it's just quite a bit easier on your legs, and that's what I found in Wanaka. Um, you do, do hunt along at a nice speed, so... One thing, I actually went and caught up with Glenn yesterday, and he gave me mm. lots of triathlete bags, which is all nice. good. And, uh, but um, he was saying that the, other th- the flat run, and I just you know, I figured about having the flat run because I always want to do taupo. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. a lot of gravel as well, apparently, yeah. so not so hard on the body. So that should be a good day, and we'll be, uh, there'll be live coverage if you just do a search on, a Google search for Challenge Rote. Uh, yep. They do have live coverage over there. Just like the Ironman website. We'll all be uh, rooting, for, rooting for Bevan. Go Bevan. Yeah, go Bevan. So, I'll do it myself. Yeah. <laughs> so it should be good fun. <laughs> And then we've got um, Ironman Quarter Lane. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're going to pull up the race field here, which is... John's in control I'm of the in control today. today. Oh, it's tough. Oh. So Ironman Quarter Lane, there's no pro woman racing. It's basically over there that you have uh, Lake Placid and Quarter Lane. Quarter Lane, they have a boosted male prize prize purse. And then uh, Placid, it's basically a boosted woman's uh, prize purse. So. so the interesting thing is, although it's a boosted prize purse... It's not a big field, is it? It's not massive, and the, the, obviously there's always a few good guys there, but I w- certainly wouldn't say it's uh, incredible. Uh, the number one seed is Viktor Semensev, a really good athlete from, where is he from? Ukraine. Yep. So outstanding runner. I think he's won the world long course champs before, yep. so watch for him. He's seeded number one. Uh, number two is Michael Lovato. Yep. You know, so he's a fantastic athlete as well, so some really good guys there. 
And who else we got? You got Brom Roots. Roots, he's seated third. Yep. Tom Evans, now watch out for him. He On his day, he can be very, very good. Very strong on the bike, very good swimmer uh, and good steady runner. He's won Ironman Canada before. He, he beat Gordo the time when Gordo got second. Yep. Uh, came pretty close, but you know he's a sub-8.30 guy. What about Jesper Blake? He's pretty good too, isn't he? And he won Ironman Canada last year. Last year. Yeah. So, and he just won that half a few weeks ago. Yeah, the mm. one, uh, the Subaru half. Mm. Subaru or Subaru? Subaru. Not Subaru. <laughs> no, uh, Subaru. Subaru. <laughs> don't know what the hell we're talking um, you got the campo, Brandon Del Campo. Brandon Del Campo. I actually think that's wrong because I was talking to him by email, and I think he's entering as an age grouper because he wants to race Hawaii mm-hmm. as an age grouper. So nice. We'll see how the old Brandon goes, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, there's a few other good athletes uh, sneaking in there. Luke McKenzie, he finished third, I think, at that half uh, last weekend. Yep. Um, so a few other good guys in there. So we'll be looking forward to watching that this weekend. And there's basically no female field. No, uh, no pro females field. Yeah, so. Well. <laughs> yeah, so we'll look forward to seeing uh, lots of. We know lots of listeners are going over there, and uh, good luck to you guys. Another race this weekend is Ironman France. Uh, again, the field there is, is sort of dominated more by by local athletes. Uh, the number one seed is Marcel Perez uh, from Barcelona. Barcelona. And uh, Ren- it is athletes such as Rene Rivera, Christian Basti. Um, and just a whole bunch of other French guys, so not a lot of rock stars there. Uh, it's quite a tough course, really beautiful place to run, uh, to race. Uh, if we think back to, it's really where triathlon sort of originated in terms of the big uh, Nice versus Hawaii clash. Yep. So there's a lot of tradition steeped over there, and tough course. Now, is it on the, a traditional Nice course? The, the run certainly is. You know, you run up and up and down the uh, Promenade des Anglais. And uh, the swims, open water swim, quite tricky, can be choppy, and uh, and then the bike uh, is quite challenging, quite hilly. You go through lots of little French villages, so really cool course, but but not a particularly fast course. Nice. So uh, on the female side of things, we've got uh, Virginia Barista Tagi. Now she's won Ironman Lanzarote before, uh, so she's racing. Marilyn McDonald's there, so she's a Canadian girl who has been down to. Oh, New so she's not doing road. Because Chris is doing right. Chris is doing right. So mm. you know, sometimes these pros do ra- enter a couple of different races and uh, they just sort of pick and choose. But I would I would imagine she's probably going to race here because she is so strong on the bike. Yeah. Um, interesting to see Fleur Bromley. We talked about her a couple of weeks ago. Um, Kiwi girl ran in the Christchurch Marathon and she's sort of making her pro debut over there. So good luck to all you guys uh, racing in France. Oh, just the route, female side of things. We've got Joe. Joe Lorne will be racing. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing, we, we haven't got the start list yet. So Joe oh, Lorne, did you go to the website? I did, but I couldn't find it easily. But No, but they just have the pros. Okay. See, mate, okay. You know, if, I had, if I had the mouse... You, you do some... Let, let, let's, uh, what, what other race we got? Come we've got... On, we, okay, let me wing, wing this bit and you get our head. Okay, we've also got Ironman Switzerland. And Ironman Switzerland, pull up some stuff on my head, John. Ironman Switzerland. There we go. No, just pull up all the wrong one. websites. All the wrong websites. Here we go. <laughs> Here we Here go. We go. Back it up. Professional men. Ironman Switzerland. Professional men. And number one seed, Stefan Ryson. Yep. I think he may have won last year. Uh, he's definitely won Ironman races before. So it's interesting, they're racing, uh, they've got teams. That's it, no, that's the sponsored, sponsored team. Oh, so okay. the first first four four seeds are all with the EWZ Power Team. Power Team. Power. Uh, and third seed, Ronnie Schildnick, he's done well this season in 70.3s. Uh, Christophe Mao, also done well in 70.3s. Top four guys are all uh, Swiss. Uh, who else have we got in there? Joseph Major from Hungary. He won the Extreme Man last year. Did an outstanding time over there, so he's a pretty solid athlete. And that's about it as far as the... Uh, big names. What big about names, girls? Big names. 
don't rush me. I'm in control here. Oh Professional Come woman. On. <laughs> Professional woman. Come on. And you give my internet a hard time. Paradise. Okay, I'm on the... Oh, uh, Jenna's. Jenna Ferguson Jenna's from Christchurch. So we're looking forward. You know, expect her to do pretty well. She crashed an Ironman uh, 70.3 in Austria a few weeks ago. Expect her to be probably first out of the swim. Team Canterbury uh, Tri Club. Canterbury Tri Club. Nice. Alison Fitch from Australia. Uh, she's not, not a bad athlete. Nicole Klinger. Now, why does that name ring a bell? I think she may have been down in New Zealand. Sybil Matter is a pretty solid athlete, uh, but very small field. Two, four, six, eight, ten. I think they've got a good chance yep, of finishing the top, top ten. Gina, <laughs> you don't finish in the top ten, we'll be disappointed. Well, well she doesn't finish. Exactly. Yeah, uh, <laughs> so, again, a, sm- a pretty small field there over in Switzerland. Uh, really nice course. They swim in, um, it's based out of Zurich. Uh, multi-lap bike course and multi-lap run course, so you do get to see the crowd a lot. And uh, but a bit tricky doing so many laps. I think it is quite a few laps. Was it more than? I think on the run it used to be about four laps. Oh I think, really? Three or four laps. Oh, bugger that. So you start to lose you, you lose your place a little bit. But now we're going to do a quick search for challenge rote, just so we can do a quick update on the field. Yep, go on. And uh, so challenge rote next how, week. How was, your, how was your training this weekend, uh, Bevan? Well, I've had a bit of stress in my life, and uh, your sponsor actually is trying to save the day for me, Ian Scott. I um, went to my bike shop and they normally sent me a look at it. See? Here we go. See? Okay. Here you On go. the front page, how could you miss it? Okay. So Bevan's, Bevan's struggling <clears> with race wheels. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you my story later on. Yeah. Anyway, so, on the girls' side of things, we've got Belinda Granger. Yeah. Who took out Challenge Wanaka yep. earlier this year. And she was second, I think, last year at Rote. Uh, and I think she won Ironman Canada, didn't she? Yep. And uh, then Joanna Lorne, jo who's Lorne. had pretty good kind of last couple of years, didn't yep. she? Uta Mukul, outstanding swimmer. Expect her to be dominating early. Uh, She's been around the scene for a long, long time, um, and she's a good all-round athlete. You know, um, she's she's not going to win the race, but she's certainly a very good, steady athlete. And Erica Cosmo is a good athlete as well. That's and good. that's more or less it in terms of the girls that I'm fairly familiar with. Uh, guys that we didn't mention before: Thomas Haldeagle, like the name Thomas. Oh, nice, <laughs> nice. Uh, he's he's lining up Luke Dragster, who won Challenge Wanaka. Now, Harry Eagle was a legend in his day, wasn't he? Oh, he's won Hawaii. Yeah, yeah. And uh, probably one of the most legendary races was when he came off the bike with a 13-minute lead over Mark Allen, and Mark Allen had to just absolutely motor the run. And he got him, didn't he? And he got him, but it was pretty close to it towards the end. Uh, Chris McDonald, watch out for Reynard Tissink, South African dude, been top 10 in Hawaii, very solid. Marcus Foster is very, very good. And Nico Lanos, uh, he won Ironman Lanzarote. Also finished, I think, about fifth or sixth in Hawaii. Uh, Olaf is a great athlete, and Andreas Nedrick, he's been around for centuries. Back it up, was Bevan James Olds. <laughs> but that's the thing, like you said, there's so many athletes that are yeah. sub nine hours, so we'll, we'll surely see a few pop up. But I mean, you certainly couldn't really put too much money past Chris McCormick to take it out. Mm. Especially the form he's been showing over the last few yeah, weeks. Yeah, just dominating everything. So there isn't we go, it? My, my internet's in control here. There we go, okay, so what else? So it's a big weekend. So good luck to everybody. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people racing. Yep. Good luck. Um, Taper this week. Taper this week. Go and say hello to Bevan when you're over there. I am actually now. One thing. Check out our website this week because I actually arrive and um, wrote on Monday, and I'm going to try to set up something where I can meet everybody. And I'm not sure how I'll do that. I'm not sure if Blue Seventy are going to be at the expo. So they are. I don't know. Oh, okay. So if Blue Seventy are there, I'm going to try to set up a time where I can just hang out for an hour to meet you guys. So. 
Um, if they're not there, I'll just hang out somebody else's. Just some random guy standing by just, someone's booth. Just look for the mullet. Yeah, look for the mullet's on the internet, you <laughs> see? So, um, Maybe we can make a little cap with mullet boy. But, but keep an eye on the website, because I'll update our Man talk throughout the week and just maybe say, this is where I'm going to be at this time. And, uh, and for those who have sent emails, I've got quite a few emails from people to meet up with me, and I've kind of said, yeah, I'll meet up with you, but then I've kind of, there's so many emails that have lost place of it. So if you want to send me that email again, and uh, I'll be a bit more organised on that this time. Have you ever seen, um, read those books, Where's Wally? Yeah. Yeah. It'll be like, Where's Bevan? Yeah, exactly. I should wear the stripes. Be, yeah, exactly. That's it, yeah. Hiding, hiding out in road. I tell you. So other news this week, obviously there's not a lot because we haven't had a weekend of racing. No. Um, one thing that I did pick up today, uh, just looking at the Inside Try website, uh, there's a big interview there with Ben Ferrick. I started reading it. Uh, there's quite a bit of uh, interesting topics that he's covering there, things like drugs, things like drafting, uh, the draft rule, the testing they've done, done in, uh, in the wind tunnel, also uh, other issues that are coming up, you know, the expansion of the 70.3 series and so on. So if you go to Inside Try... It is he, like is he honest? Is he like... Because they're so PR, aren't they? It is very. It sounds very PR, and I, you know, there's a lot of debate about the wind tunnel tests they did, and they're, and they're quite parochial in their support of it. Yeah. But I mean, because their argument is, from what I can recall, is that, um, well, it was done by Ford, and it'd be an insult to us to do it again. Exactly. Ford, you know? uh, but but you and I both know, and everybody out there, if if you're sitting at five meters behind somebody, you are getting a significant advantage. Yep. So uh, I I just think it's a bit of a crock, but hey. Anyway, uh, the other thing I wanted to mention this weekend, well, it's actually going to be uh, after we've done this show, but yep. short course racing, but it's something I thought we'd maybe bring up is the World Cup this weekend is heading to, I don't know how you pronounce this, but Des Moines in, uh, in USA. Why am I bringing that up? There's big prize money on offer. I think it's probably the biggest prize purse ever in triathlon. There's $200,000 US going to the winner. I think to the a, winner? Yeah. It's so a, the winner take all? Uh, no, it's a $700,000 US prize pool. So... Uh, what the well, obviously we've had the lifetime fitness over the last few years. And that's hundred thousand, isn't it? Hundred, hundred and fifty, maybe. Yeah. Um, but ITU, you know, it is a little bit dirty tactics. They are trying to crush those races, uh, and, and they want everybody racing on the World Cup. But but this is opening up some some so serious. So is this point. ITU? This is ITU this weekend. Two hundred <laughs> grand on the line for the winner. That's an awesome payday, isn't it? It's a great payday. I think so the field is amazing. It's a world championship field. So the, yeah. the reason why it sort of I, it propped up for me, I do a radio interview every week, and I and I went on to the triathlon.org and sort of I saw the start list, and I thought, man, this is like a world championship start yeah. list. Everybody is there, and I thought, why is this? Went to the website, saw the prize money. I mean, it's two hundred for first. I think it's about forty or sixty thousand for second. So wow, it's it's good coin. And um, you've got and, and you've got here. It's a really good point. Why, if you're a young hot athlete. As in talented, yeah. <laughs> um, why would you take up Iron Man? You know, yeah, and, and it's so true, isn't it? Yeah, I mean Ben Ferrick in his article they do talk about prize money and how they claim it. Well, no, it's a fact. The prize money has improved at Hawaii, but still you got to finish in the top ten. And, yeah, uh, and unless you're not in the top three or four, it's it's, just, it's only improved in Hawaii. Like yeah. as Erin was saying in, in her well, extra interview. Uh, you know the prize money is pretty much the same now as what it was in the eighties, and exactly. it's like inflation's gone up. So and the cost, and especially most of the races are paid in US dollars. So yeah. if, if you come down to New Zealand, the, the prize pool there is now fifty thousand dollars. It's been like that for a long time. Yep. Fifty thousand dollars US is a lot less now than what it was say, yeah. three or four years ago. Yeah. A lot less. So, um, you know, I, I just applaud ITU for for doing this. It's just outstanding. And you uh, know what? And I don't know. Les McDonald, isn't it? Yeah. 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 You seem to be quite critical of him this time. So. Yeah. Um, 
they're definitely uh, quite innovative, aren't they? And they are getting the sport out there further, you know, like being on NBC and stuff yeah. like that. And They've got a really good sponsor on board with BG, and they're really trying to help grow the sport. You know? mm, um, mm. Since they've gone with the Olympics, more money's come in. The whole organisation has got got a lot more professional. Yeah. So uh, yeah, this is it's uh, it's great stuff. I think it's outstanding. So long term, do you think how's this going to hurt Ironman? Well, I just think it, it, it's not really hurting it at the moment because uh, there's, there's not a lot of crossover. You know, most of the short course guys are staying at their short course. Yeah. You don't see a lot of, a lot of people coming to short course. You see people maybe they do a few short course races and they think oh, I'm no good at this. They go straight into long course, but you see very few guys that are crossing over. There's just not the motivation, or they do it at the very end of their career when they're sort of drying up a bit on the Yeah, so we're not, we're not seeing the talented guys no. in their peak condition, at their peak time, yeah. doing long course. But when you do see them come over, they often do very well. You look at the guy, Jan Raphael, who won Iron yeah. in Florida, just did fantastically well, and he just, just switched over. So, you know, I, I always think that the guys that are doing short course, uh, they're a lot more talent-driven, mm, mm. and if they have got the combination of talent and they can apply that talent to long course racing... They're going to do very well, but often you see they struggle with pacing and they're not quite as disciplined. You've got to be, for, for do well at Ironman, uh, if you're talented, that's one thing, but the main thing is you've got to be a worker and you've got to be a really strong, hard trainer and have a good head on your shoulders. So. Well, I think the thing that's really sad is, like, if you look at Terenzo, when we had Peter on here, Peter was saying that of all the people he sees now, the one that could break eight hours in Hawaii is Terenzo. Hmm. Now, that's a big thing to put on Terenzo's shoulders, but the thing is, is that, he needs five years of Ironman to mm. do that, doesn't he? And now he's not going to do that when you've got races out there, 20,000. No, no. right? And, and he's, he's the talented kid who could actually pull off those type of races. Mm. It's like, we'll see Terenzo and Ironman when he's 34. Exactly. You know, and we're going to miss the best years and potentially yeah. could be the best athlete, you know, maybe. Who knows? That's a big thing to say. But yeah. potentially he could be a Mark Allen-style athlete. Yeah. And our sport's not going to see him, mm, so which is really disappointing, isn't it? I know you don't always like me bringing up short course stuff, but I well, think, I I think it was a great discussion, mate. It was a mate. great point. Yep, definitely. Okay. We're going to do some music. Have we, oh, got, have we got music well, on Well, here? we can do music, actually, because we've got, we got a new laptop. Do you like the new laptop? I love, I'm loving the new laptop. Yeah, it's pretty cool, isn't it? Mm. Apple. Hit us with the music. <laughs> okay, here we go. Age Gripper of the Week. See how we just timed that perfectly? Oh, it's beautiful. I was actually listening to last week's episode, and I wasn't I wasn't helping you out too much last no, week. No, there wasn't much love. Uh, I could feel no, it. I was yeah. a, little, a little fatigued. You're focused on the kid. Fair enough. But anyway. Your love was in other places. It was. Anyway, last week we had the seven, uh, the 101 series, and we criticised them a little bit for not having their, their yeah, game results together. up. And but apparently they did. But our argument is, if they didn't have the information really clear on their website, <laughs> um, we couldn't find it. <laughs> And maybe they should pick the game. Apparently, there's a lot of coverage on slow twitch. Exactly. Yeah, but on their website, you could. It was there, but it just wasn't that obvious to yeah. me. So yeah. that, that's where you've got to give uh, Ironman site the big ups. You know, yeah. when you go onto the site when there's an Ironman, you on, know what's happening. It defaults to that page. You know, it, um, so you go straight there. So we'll but, try. We'll try better next time. Yep. But anyway, um, Ken Wallace, who you would have heard from back on Epic, Epic Camp, Camp France. France. Yeah, we interviewed him. He suggested an age group of the week, who's a mate of his, uh, put on an outstanding performance. His name's Kevin Cody. <coughs> Kevin he, Cody. He won the 30 to 34 age group. He swam a 49.50, and he was... So what did this, this one? What's the distance? That is... Well, I thought the distance was 4K, but maybe it's 3K. That seems like more like 3K to me. I don't think guys would be swimming 35. So I'd imagine it's yep. a 3K swim. And he swam at 49.50, came out in 41st place. The bike, he went 359.49, 10 seconds under that four-hour mark. 30th, nice. 30th fastest bike split 
and then the run heated two hours 26 for the 19th fastest run so it looked like a really well paced race his his uh, pace his placing improved as he went through finished in a time of seven hours 19 minutes 50 seconds for 19th place overall first in the 30 to 34 age group and by all sounds of it you know it was an outstanding race according he took to it Hillary took Hillary down nice so Kevin, well done, and well done to all you guys who did the 101. I'm still Good. trying to get my head around the 101, are you finding that? Yeah. I'd like to try it, I've got nothing against it, it's just that I'm so used to the Ironman distance when we put all these numbers in front of me and my head's not used to kind of comprehending what's good and what isn't yeah I think it's a great distance and obviously these guys can back up fairly regularly because the guys who won the first races are winning the second races yeah. so you can yeah it's that little bit shorter where, you, where they're racing for six hours as opposed to eight and a half yeah so you can back it up a bit more like a half Ironman so, mm. so I like it and uh, we'll have to get well, over what's there. the run the run the run is 30 kilometers is it okay yeah, what, what are they that, running the they're running 205 so yeah I'm pretty sure it's 30 kilometers so Kevin Cody you are Age Trooper, Trooper of the week. week. Beautiful. Okay. One, two, three, four. Half five. I'm trying not to be too loud because the baby's in the other room. Oh, no, baby. He's sleeping like a baby. He's sleeping like a baby. But if you do any screaming, you know what it is. You know what it is. Anyway, this one is hot off the press. Literally when opened the email minutes ago. Come in. It did. Actually, it came in at 9.34 this morning. Wow, okay. A few, <laughs> a few pretty, hours pretty hot ago. off the press. But uh, we like it when people help us out. Well, last week we had Neil helping us out, and obviously Carl's thought... I can do this too. Mm. Yeah. And a lot of people have said, we've already had a few suggestions in this week, John, why don't you do a coach's corner on uh, on what to do when you've got a kid? And I don't think I've quite got the experience <laughs> to, to dish out too much advice at this stage. Come on, mate. But Carl's been there and okay, done wait, that. Okay, well, wait a second. What's it been like so far? It's been good so far. Yep. So uh, my sleep hasn't been interrupted. <laughs> <laughs> Belinda's <And> has. <laughs> so, so you sleep through it? Sorry, I, I sleep straight through everything, but well, I'm in the other room. <laughs> oh, okay. So she's just she's in with the baby, looking after baby for the first little while, and then we back together. Oh, but anyway, snuggling up in bed together. Oh, we can still snuggle. Oh, it's a beautiful thing. Anyway, um, Carl sent in a high five on a little help for the new father. Nice. So he's got a few suggestions. We know John's got his hands full with the new addition to the family, and Bevan's heading to row to break nine-hour mark. Oh, the pressure's on. Uh, about a high five for the gals or guys that support us as athletes. Nice. So number one, try to find ways to include your partner in your training that is fun for them. For example, my wife loves the water, so I brought her a paddleboard last year, and when I go for my long ocean swims on the weekend, she paddleboards alongside of me. Oh, she has cool. a great time and loves it. And adds a measure of safety for me versus swimming alone. <laughs> nice idea. It is true, but isn't it? Because yeah, if you can include them in it somehow, should we, should we go grab Belinda and see if she likes that suggestion? That's all right. I'll put your pedal board. Yeah. <laughs> Here's your baby present. <laughs> Happy Christmas. <laughs> Do your best to coordinate schedules. Organising work and training is always a challenge, but that can be it can't be an excuse not to think about your partner. Not if you want don't want them to support to damage your relationship. So try to move training schedule sessions around so that you can basically train maybe at the gym together or do kind of some things together. And One thing that I've, I suggest to quite a few athletes, um, and this isn't probably so, so good if you've got a, a really young baby, um, but if your kids are a little bit older and you can get a babysitter in, is yep. possibly going to yoga together. Um, yep. I think a lot of people enjoy that, so you can have a bit of an evening session. 
Some people like um, their partners sort of maybe mountain biking along next to them when they're going out on runs. Yep. Um, so I do that with my daughter. To, yeah. So when I go for a run, my, my daughter will come, like, like if I do an hour run, she'll jump on a bike. Yeah. And my daughter's a real talker. You, yeah. you don't know where she gets that from. but um, <laughs> And she can talk the whole bloody run. <laughs> Honestly, she, she just bites behind me. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, it is, it's really cool. And it's like she really enjoys the experience and it gives me a chance to um, give her lots of praise. And obviously she's not my wife or anything, but... Um, it, you know, it does actually create relationship building kind Good. of experience. So. so you just got to be a bit innovative on that one. Yeah. Next one, make plans with your partner on your rest days. Go to see a movie, go to, to a dinner, uh, plan a night date, a date night, sorry. Um, but above all else, do something that they want to do. They is in capital letters. Yeah. You may find that it is good to occasionally get your obsessive compulsive mind off the sport and be completely distracted by something out of the ordinary. This stems back to... Belinda Day. Belinda. We talked about in the no, past. Belinda Day. I used to take That's Sundays why I'm off. single. I didn't have a Belinda Day. <laughs> no, that's not true. But uh, for, for a lot of a, a, um, athletes that I work with do have one of their weekend days as their day off. So they train every day during the week. And then either Saturday or Sunday is family day. And rather than just lying there and uh, and recovering like a big slob, yep. do try to do something proactive uh, with that, uh, with your partner and with your, with your family. I think one thing with that as well is even every day, put a period of time. Now, obviously, when you work and you have a big training day, whatever, you get home and you're tired and all the rest of it, even if it's just like 20 minutes where you just, you know, you turn off the TV, you know, you put some time aside for your partner where you just talk about your day or just, you know, cuddle up. What is it? Snuggle. Snuggle. Bit of snuggle buggle. Bit of, bit of spooning. Bit of spooning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but spooning's a bit one-sided. It is. It's not together. The other thing that I, I've actually mentioned this to a few athletes as well, uh, you know, this can be part of your goal setting, you know, have a goal. You know, oh, maybe, maybe totally. It is, um, one, all right, one of my goals is one hour a day to have some quality time, either with your wife or your kids. And even if you include that as part of a training log or something, so you tick it off each day to make sure you are actually doing it to keep keep yourself on task. Otherwise, things like that can just drift away. Well, I think the thing with it as well is that they don't mind you training so much as they're getting some quality time with you. Mm. You know, because you're in a relationship because you like spending time with that person. And then if they're always just... Because, you know, we are always tired. So you get home from training and work and you're really tired and you, you just want to turn on TV and blob out. And sure, maybe you can do that, but if they know that you're going to do that for an hour, then you're going to turn off the TV and you're going to maybe just go for a walk or have a coffee and have a yarn about the day or, or spoon. You know? yeah. <laughs> spoon at the cafe. Spoon at the cafe. <laughs> get you kicked out. Yeah. Um, but if you do that, then... Um, they're a bit more accepting of the thing you do, and uh, and it's also really good for your relationship because often they you can talk about how your training's going. <laughs> you probably don't want to talk about how your training's going. No. <laughs> six sets of eight, and uh... <laughs> but yeah, I, I just think the more time you can really plan to have quality time because just for me, I know even as a father because I can really mainly speak from that experience that sometimes I, I find it really hard because I'm really tired. And my kids got a lot of energy and. I, I need to snap out of it in that situation because I choose to do this sport and so I need to say, okay, well, Bevan, you need to really work harder here to give her some energy. And when I do, then she's a really great kid. Mm. And when it's when I'm tired and I kind of neglect that, that's when she plays up. So I read that in a magazine the other day about parenting and if you turn up to school and you're all tired and frowny and yep. they, they think it's their fault. Yep. So if you turn up happy and smiley, they that's think right. it's like school. when you go to bed with a kid, you always make sure the last thing is making them feel good and mm. you know, they sleep well. Next one is you. Well, okay, plan a trip during your off-season downtime that is not centred around a race, so no epic camp. So you can't take Blender <laughs> on epic camp. <laughs> Gia's going to come over to the next one, not on the camp, but then we're going to plan a trip. 
Oh, when you're in Italy. Mm. Um, go somewhere fun, uh, re- reconnect with your girl or guy, have some fun doing things other than swim, bike, run. Again, hopefully it's fun for them as well. You know, I think this is really important, eh? Well, yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, but also, you can kind of do this a little bit in season, which is yep. what perhaps uh, I did earlier this year. Bevan and I rode to Queenstown over two days, which yep. was a really solid two days. It was 500 k's of riding in two days. And then he got I the spoon, up, and I had to drive home. <laughs> and to drive home. And then I ended up staying down there for about five days, sort of just recuperating, not really doing too much. Um, but it meant I got my quality training in. Gee, I'm not selfish. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and but then we had five days down there. We were basically on holiday, and I did next to nothing. So you can combine little things in with that again. As yeah, and, and, and uh, my ex. <laughs> we um we went and spent a week in Hamner, and, and like I'd go riding every day. Well, she was a rider as well, but we'd go riding every day, and then we'd have the rest of the day and I think if you can do that I think your partner knows again if, as long as they know they're going to get some quality time in there and uh, they say for any relationship to go get away every six to eight weeks is a really good thing to do mm-hmm. so finally uh, acknowledge the sacrifices that uh, your partner makes for you and the sport oh, yeah. and thank them for it yeah. a kind word is sometimes all it takes and a bonus but, but, no, but on top of that okay. do, do extra stuff you know yeah. the kind word is really really important like you know saying thank you to people you just can't do it enough and and be really genuine about that but at the same time you know come home with some flowers every once in a while mm-hmm. or do what I do pick them out of someone's garden <laughs> <laughs> it's more romantic and a bonus high six because oh. it wouldn't be Iron Man talk if we didn't have a high six uh, make up Make up for all the money you spend on bikes gear and racing by buying something nice for them as you thank. Oh, okay, there you go. As a thank you, I stole the six and nine for your big race. Just make sure it isn't a new wetsuit. <laughs> it happens, just happens to be your size or a pedal board. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, thank you very much about for that, Carl. Yeah, it's great. We appreciate that uh, work, and there's some really good points in there. So, uh, yeah, nice. we're all going to be fantastic partners from now on. Thanks to Carl. That's right. We're going to change our relationships. Here we go. <laughs> Website of the week. week. So this week's site was Bainsy by Richard Baines. Oh, Bainsy. He's one of my friends on Athlinks. Is he? Yeah. I know you've got more friends than me. I wasn't happy about oh. that. I've got like 51 or two, or there's a few emails I need to pick up on, but um, still. I cleared my email, so I'm up to 70. i up to 70. See, yeah. I'm, like, I'm in like 54 at the moment. So, so this week's one is oh, called man, Z- Zero to Hero. Zero to Hero. So this site is a UK-based site. Really cool idea. And it's designed to help uh, British aspiring pro athletes to sort of... I, 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 we've, we've sort of browsed through it. And it's, not, it's not designed to give them a, a dish out of cash. No. It's really designed to help them become better pro athletes and hook them up with tri-clubs and maybe uh, set up some training sessions so they can get a little bit of additional income rather yep. than just uh, worrying about their uh, getting money at race races. So I think it's a fantastic idea. I'm not. It's, so it's trying to create a win-win, isn't it? So it is. for the tri club, they get exposure to a good pro, mm. or someone who wants to do some public speaking for their work or something, and then the athlete then can generate some income through the thing they're good at. Exactly, and and you know, it's you've got to treat it like a business. If you're a pro athlete, you you yeah, you're, it's your called job. A prof- you're called professionals. So training is part of that profession. Racing is another part, but also running yourself as a business is probably the most crucial part. So most athletes who race iron distance races are not going to be deriving enough income to really be making a good no. living out of it, except for the top few guys. So I think this is a fantastic idea. Um, it would be fascinating to see how many were li- purely living off the sport. Yeah. 
the percentage? It's, I'd say it'll be relatively from about thirty or thirty. Yeah, yeah. I would say. I mean, there's a lot of people that are that are living off it, but they're just scraping by. They yeah. wouldn't have mortgages and things like that. Yeah. So, or they've got little side to things yeah, on the side, yeah. work in the off season and so on. So yeah. I'd say there's very few that are making a proper living out of it. Mm. So the site is zero to hero co uk, and you can go on there and you can adopt a pro, um, sort of help them out. Do you get to name it. I don't know. <laughs> you pro, name it. You yeah. know, like the zoo when you were a kid. Yeah. So just one thing I'd say, just when I came onto the site initially um, on the homepage, some of the buttons weren't really working. So if you just kind of click your way through the site, then they all start to activate. So maybe you've got a few web design issues there that they've got to work on. Um, but you can go through, read all about it. Adopt a pro. There's a few athletes. Jess, Jess Peterson is one of the athletes that's involved in it. She's one of the aspiring um, pros in the st- uh, who's, who's basing herself in the states. She's Finished, finished. You know, had several top five Ironman races, so she's, yep. she's a good athlete. And it's struggling. great for someone like that because it's obviously to make it to the next level, it just takes a bit of time, doesn't it? Mm. And so for her, she probably needs in a couple, you know, two or three years just competing in races, being able to train, and uh, to make an income from that when you're a top five person is a real struggle. Mm. But you give her a couple more three years, maybe she'll be a top level athlete, and then from there, exactly. So we like this. Uh, we like the site. We, the, the site needs a little bit of work just to get it rolling properly, but uh, get on there and you can find out. It's set up by three guys, John, Paul and David. They're just age group athletes from all different walk, walks of life. Um, and yeah, they just want to help out athletes. So if you are keen on supporting, it's really targeted at you pirates and you try talk listeners. If you do want to support your aspiring pros, get on there and uh, give it a whirl. Nice. Bring it on. What do we got next? Okay, then. So it's Coach's Corner, so I'm just going to put some music on. What kind of music do you feel like today, mate? Uh, something soothing. Soothing. Here we go. Here's the soothing. So today, oh, oh, Coach's Corner. Sleep is you much sleep. You're saying you're sleeping through. I don't believe you. <laughs> So this week we're talking about the swim start. Nice. Um, so a lot of you guys are racing in the next few weeks, and obviously whether that's sprint races, Olympic distance, uh, Ironmans, whatever. Wait a second, I'm going to ask questions. Okay. So John, what are the things we need to think about with the swim start? Okay. So the can first, you break it into categories? I, I can break it into categories. Wow. Uh, just, just off the top of my head. The first category I think we're going to cover is pre-race nerves. Nice. So nerves is, is not a bad thing. So don't, don't start stressing out if, if you're paranoid before the race and you're really you're a little bit worried about things uh, a small level of nerves and butterflies in your stomach is actually really healthy so that's the first point i want to make so this is before we're in the water before we're in the water okay um and we're, we're sort of talking about race morning not sort of in the weeks leading yep. in um what you've got to try to avoid is absolutely going hyper and being so paranoid that you are actually starting to waste a lot of energy and get really worried. So my suggestions would be if, you get, if you're get if you getting into that situation is uh, go for a bit of a gentle warm-up, just a little bit of a jog, get away from the race scene and, uh, and that should help calm you down a little bit. Some people like to listen to a bit of music, some people like to listen to calm music, some people like to listen to heavy metal stuff. Yep. Um, what so works for you. Whatever works for you on that, music can definitely help. And, but I think probably the key thing uh, to do before the race is have a, have a bit of a race plan. So you know where you're going to start roughly on the start line, whether that's on the left-hand side, the middle, the right, roughly how far back, uh, and have some key words in there that you're going to visualise as you're going through the race to keep you nice and calm. And just get those, those thought processes going through your mind before the race, 
just so you can remind yourself, yeah, I've done this distance before, I've been in race situations, especially if it's an iron distance race, um, it's actually going to be at quite a low intensity this swim, so you should have been there, done that, and just remind yourselves of situations that you've been in in the past, and uh, hopefully that'll calm you down a little I, bit I as well. I think one thing as well with the pre-race nerves is to remember it is a long, long day, mm. and uh, you know, you've got people going from anywhere from like 8.5 to 17 hours, so... Um, I think when you really put that in perspective, like it's not like a sprint race where if you get one thing wrong right at the start, your game's over. You know, if, if you exactly. slow off the mark, your race is finished. Whereas with this one here, you know, if you can just kind of keep that in perspective, I think. But for me, I, like when the, when you get into the water and you get a little bit nervous, you know, I just think, oh well, we're going to, you know, so so long to go before really, you know. So it kind of makes it a bit more yeah. easier to kind of take. But but do have a look at the swim map before the course, uh, before the race and figure out where you're going to start and where the best position is for you um, based on your, your ability and experiences in the past. Yep. What we'd say, if it's your first Ironman coming up, um, you will be nervous, uh, but we can pretty much guarantee that as soon as that gun goes off, the nerves will disappear straight away. Yep. So you've just got to have a bit of a strategy to deal with those nerves before the race. Uh, some people like to find a quiet place. You like to walk, wander around transition talking to people. Yeah, I, I, prefer, yeah. I prefer to go and find a little quiet place. And if you haven't done Ironman before, just think of other times in life where you've been nervous, where where have you been in your ideal situation? So, like, for example, if you've had a big test or um, or another sporting kind of achievement where you've felt nervous, what have you done that's been successful with that, that time? And then, you know, maybe duplicate that here. Hmm. So, um, before the race and on race morning, you should... Uh, oh, my next point, Bevan, what else should oh, we think about? What else should we think about, John? Surveying the course. Nice. <laughs> so, and when we're doing that, what should we be looking for? Right, when it's a sea swim, uh, you should actually go down the day before, but also in the morning conditions can change. You need to look for rips, you need to look for currents, and you need to sort of check out what's happening with the waves. So if it's a, an open water swim in the sea, you know, see if there's any sets coming in, um, or, or how you're going to make your way through the, the, the race. So, so go down to the race, uh, the race start line early on in the piece, and just check out conditions so you can have a good think about that um, before the race. We've talked about the best position to start, um, so where is the best position to start? Uh, I remember watching the 70.3, that DVD that was yep. a chance sent us. Yeah, um, it was crazy when they go, wasn't it? When they went, the short course guys were really switched on, the long course guys were a bit slow off the mark, but you saw a couple of guys on the right-hand side Sprint. take an absolute flyer, and it looked like there was a bit of a sandbar there, and they got a good 20 or 30 metre head start on everybody else. Yep. So. That's what you've got to do in the days leading into the race, see if it drops off really quickly, the, the lay of the land. Um, and see what's going on there. If you're a strong swimmer, obviously you want to be at the front uh, or close to the front. If you're a weak swimmer, obviously you want to be further to the back. Uh, or even to the side? Or yeah. Yeah, definitely I would suggest for, uh, if you are a little bit anxious about the swim, if for example you're, uh, it's a course that's say swimming uh, clockwise, so you're making right hand turns as you're going around the course, you want to start on the far left of the course. The reason for that is you are going to actually swim a little bit further, but the most busy and congested part of the course yep. is going to be on the right-hand side. If you can stay left, when you're coming up to, say, turning points, people are going to start getting pinned on those ins inside of the boys. You can just swim around the outside and just not get so bashed around. So, um, Again, it depends suggestion. on, like, one thing, if you're slow. So if it's a slow, if you're a slow swimmer, but you don't mind intensity, then I would actually say go down the middle because you are going to swim yep. a little faster. Whereas if you're a slow swimmer and you're afraid of getting hit around, because a lot of people don't like the kind of the aggressiveness of it, and it's actually not too aggressive in an Ironman, but if you are too worried about the aggressiveness, that's when you really want to keep to the side. Mm. 
Uh, another part of surveying the course is figuring out how deep the water gets and how quickly. Yep. Obviously, for a start like Taupo uh, in New Zealand, it's not deep at all. Uh, I mean, you see, you, it's a deep water start, so it doesn't really make any difference. Yep. Um, but for a race like Wanaka, where we started in uh, ankle depth water, there was definitely different positions on the start line were advantageous. Look out for any rocks you need to be aware of. They probably will make you aware of that at race briefing. And finally, uh, looking out for landmarks. So go down to the race uh, course in the morning and figure out if there are any mountains you can look at or are there any particular houses with bright coloured roofs perhaps in the distance. Do you look up much? Sorry? In Ironman, do you actually look up much? Yeah, especially if I'm, if I'm for some reason, I'll be by myself. Oh, I def- okay. definitely do. So I don't, I, but, and I tend to be in more of the pack. But I, I tend to find, and you know, maybe this is a risky thing I'm saying, but I tend to find I just trust the people in front of me, and I tend to find the group generally swims pretty straight. Now, if you, if you notice, for example, that no one's on your right for a period of time, then I look up because then I'm thinking, well, maybe I've gone too far right. But if I can see people around me, I tend to, like if you're in a triangle and there's people either side of you, I tend to just trust them. Yep. Cool. Yep. And then we're obviously moving into the start start zone. So uh, when you're getting close to start start time, unless the water's really cold, you are better off getting in there and doing a decent warm up for a good five to ten minutes. Uh, so starting off with some easy swimming and then doing some like twenty minute pickups where you're working quite hard. Twenty minutes for the race. Minutes. Well, how many sets are those we're going to do? Just maybe, maybe six or seven. You're hardcore, aren't you? <laughs> just maybe some twenty meter pickups. Oh. I should have said. And uh, just try to stay as warm as you can, and obviously, if you're one of the fastest swimmers, you do need to get up on the uh, the front of the line fairly early on. Do you pee in your wetsuit? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, there's no pause. No pause. Oh, yeah. Get in there. Get it keeps there. you warm. Yep. Uh, what about when it comes out of the top? Because <laughs> No, I don't try that. I'll tell you what, my, Thomas peed on me today. I wasn't, wasn't oh, that. really? First of many, though, I think. But anyway, oh, in he aimed too. He got his hand. Yeah. In terms of uh, of intensity, you know that's a that's a pretty crucial thing. We're not going to talk about short course racing here, but in terms of Ironman, uh, big difference between whether you're a competitor or a completer. Yeah. Oh, nice. And like that. You should patent that. Yeah. <clears throat> Most Ironman, well, no, a lot of Ironman athletes waste massive amounts of energy in the swim by going far, far too hard. Yeah. They, maybe they're a good swimmer and they see that as a strength, so they want to get out and they want to be seen at the front of the race. If they'd gone maybe a minute slower, it'd save a lot more energy and, uh, and a better start to the day. So you can waste a lot of energy. So unless you're a pro or you're an athlete that's really looking to compete as, as, uh, in getting a top placing, then you're much better off to have a nice conservative swim, keep your heart rate down, and uh, and just make it a nice relaxed relaxed effort. So what, what can we base it on? So like, let's say you're doing a three k swim in the pool mm. by yourself. <clears throat> Is that the intensity you should really be aiming to swim at with your Ironman? Well, it should just be an intensity that's nice and comfortable, and that you could keep going easily. So when you stand up at the end of your four k, you could have kept going for for a much longer effort. So really, it's the same sort of effort that you are putting in on the bike, maybe marginally higher. Yeah. Um, but it shouldn't be an all-out, balls-out effort where you're puffing and panting and getting out of the swim stuff. What about, for example, sometimes where you know the pack gets away or there's a pack in front of you? Is it worth maybe being a little bit aggressive just to catch those packs up? Not unless you're going to be really competitive age grouper or one or a pro. I would yep. say generally there's going to be just enough people around. People you. come up behind you. Slightly different scenario if you're in a very small iron distance race yep. where there's maybe you know say at Wanaka where there was only. Um, maybe 80 people racing yep. and it's slightly different there and you may want to do a bit of a bridge up yep. um, but if you're most Ironman races if you get dropped from a pack there's generally going to be people yep, coming up through. right behind yep. you very very quickly yep. so yeah the message there is really for intensity um, just, just chill easy. just take yep. it easy uh, 
you really want to avoid fighting as well. Um, you don't want to make yeah. people push you around too much, but if you do get into a big battle, you're going to waste a lot of energy doing yeah. that. And it's dangerous. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. We don't like danger. Anyway. So next point is for races where you have, you're have you not starting in the water, so it's not a deep water start. You've obviously got to get into the water and start wading and duck diving. The secrets here is when you're running into the water, trying to keep your legs from dragging through the water. So you sort of swing your legs um, nice and wide, so you look a bit dorky doing that. Uh, and then you plonk your foot back into the water and get your other foot and your knee out of the water, just yep. to really try to reduce that resistance. You keep that going until you can't wade any further, so usually sort of around about thigh depth, and then you start duck diving. The key thing when you're duck diving is you need to keep your head down, so you don't sort of aim to do a big belly flop and your face to hit flat uh, face first onto the water, you keep your head down and try to keep a nice streamlined position. Um, if you're diving through waves, you dive just before the wave comes, you dive under the wave, you grab onto the sand uh, underneath and then you sort of push yourself out the other side nice and aggressively. Well, you literally grab the sand? Yeah, especially if it's big waves. Oh, really? If it's just chop, you wouldn't do that, but if it's big waves, you actually dive before the wave's coming in, you grab onto the bottom of the sand with well, your hands, yourself up. Uh, you just hold, hold it there because the force of the wave can push you back quite aggressively. Oh, I never knew this. There you go. I That's why you should be a coach. Coach's corner. Oh, wow. And then you put your feet down and you push yourself out quite aggressively out the other side, start swimming, and then you need to take a quick uh, sighting to see when the next wave's coming. Uh, most Ironman races aren't going to be held no. in big waves, but it's a useful skill for, um, for racing later on. Uh, if you're in waves uh, in deep water, you want to try to still get under the waves uh, and see if you can pop up as far past the wave as you can. Um, and then when you come up, you want to do a few aggressive strokes just to get your momentum going. If it's just choppy conditions, uh, you want to look to shorten your stride a little bit, increase your turnover, because each time that chop hits you, you're just going to get pushed a little bit further back. Um, so that's where sort of the... What's that sort of swimming? The total immersion type swimming with big glide will get you into a little bit of trouble. So you want to keep your stroke rate up and, uh, and just plough through those, uh, plough through that chop. Some issues that people do have when the swimming is hyperventilating, um, if you've had that in the past, a couple of the reasons can, uh, that can cause that is to sort of, when you forget to exhale when your face is in the water, so then when you turn to breathe, you're trying to breathe out and in, uh, and you just get a little bit panicky, you don't get enough air in. Yep. So remember to blow that water out when your head is below the water and you're moving. Especially in salt water as well. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, it's horrible, isn't it? If it's a really, if really cold conditions, that shock of the cold water can often, often uh, cause you to hyperventilate. The only sort of way around that is uh, before you get into the start, you know, splash some water onto your face and uh, <clears throat> make sure you've got a good wetsuit, a neoprene cap, uh, and hopefully that can help ease that a little bit. And probably another one that does, uh, does catch people out is when you're getting quite a bit of contact and if it's a bit aggressive in the swim, again yep. you start to get a bit short of breath. So if you've had that happen to you in the past, like we said, start on the far right or left of the course and hopefully you can avoid that. Because it can be a bit panicky, can't it? Oh, very much so. Yeah. You know, you, if you're nervous before your first, first Ironman, if you're not a good swimmer, yep. um, so these things can happen very easily. So the key message is just to try, try and stay nice and chilled. And probably finally, make sure you've got a, a good fitted wetsuit. If you've got something that's really, really tight, that can also cause a bit of hyperventilating. So if you're ever in an event on race week, you know, always uh, go and have a chat to the Blue 70 guys. They, yep. They're, yeah. they're usually the there. Blue 70. <laughs> and, uh, and see what their suits are like and make sure you are in the right size suit. That's about it. Cool. And that's about it. Is it? Uh, probably yeah, probably the only other thing that I've just noted down here is you do if you want to get better at open water swimming, uh, you've got to practice it. 
you yeah. know, if you never go into open water swimming and then you come into a race situation, it is all going to be a bit foreign to you. Particularly sea swimming. Mm-hmm. Like lake swimming, you can get away with it a little bit more, can't you? Yeah, and when it's rough, that's the best time to go out. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you've got to be, be get safe, your wife on the, safe on, the, on the board. <laughs> get your wife on the board, but be safe about it. But if it's rough and windy and choppy, that's a perfect time to go out and do, do swimming. Um, because you, if you then if you get those conditions in, yep. in a race situation, you'll be used to it. If the conditions are better than that, it's a bonus. Nice. So, you ready for your swim starting right now? Yeah, well, it's a canal, and it's really interesting. I was talking to Glenn again the other day. He's, it was great talking to Glenn the other day, because he's done all his research, and I've done none. So, <laughs> he was telling me all the goss. But um, it's a canal, and it goes, it's basically like a, kind of like a big lollipop, but a long lollipop. Yeah. And so, you go out, and you go... Yeah, kind of like an oval there. I don't, I don't reckon the people can see you. Yeah, draw, they can't see my, my drawing. No. Oh. <laughs> well, but, but the thing is, is that the pros leave first, and on the way back, all the age group is going to be coming in a different oh, direction. You get a strong current. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. So Glenn was showing me positions. He was giving me some inside tips. Nice. He was saying that I'm not going to tell you because it's inside tips. Yeah. No, he was saying basically, um, going one way doesn't matter so much, but coming back, you want to be kind of more towards the middle of the lane. Mm. If anything, not too close to the side of because it's close to the side of the canal. Right, and you get a bit mm. of chop coming. Yeah, up there. so you kind of need to be in the middle. Glenn, well, he's, an, he's not an engineer. He's, he's an air traffic controller. Air traffic he's controller. Got, he's got all those things. Oh, he's a thinker. I tell he's, you, he's a controller. I tell you what, he's he's got the he's taking the camera on the plane. And we're aiming for photos. Is he on your flight? No, no, he's going on a different flight tomorrow. Oh. But we're both taking photos, and we've got the challenge. And the winner, we're going to put. What we're going to do actually, I've just decided this right now. Glenn and I are going to have a challenge, and I'm going to put the photos on the website. Our best photo each, yeah. and you guys can decide who has the best photo. Personally, I think I'm going to take it out. <laughs> and we've also got the meal challenge as well. The meal challenge. Oh, it's going to be a big week for the boys. So well, anyway, okay. questions and answers. We haven't really got many questions this week. It's more lots comments. Lots of congratulations, haven't we? We've had lots yeah. of congratulations. I, I will get... No, I'm going to put some more photos up on Athlinks. I did put it on the website? Yep. yep. So I saw that. So I have had a lot of people emailing me and congratulating... You've been taking lots Linda. of photos? We have been taking lots of photos. So I'm going to put a few more up on the site and I'll put a bit of a group message out to the guys uh, on Athlinks. So thanks to everybody who has sent in messages. It's been appreciated. But I've been getting around about 50 emails a day, and so my response has been pretty, uh, yeah. pretty limited. Yeah. But anyway, on to the other questions and answers. Questions and answers. Right, what was the first one? First one, I completed Eagle Man last week, and I heard your concerns about the run distance. I'm 99% oh, right. sure that the distance is correct. The run course is out and back that is partially on the bike course. The race is very established and extremely well run. The race conditions were ideal with no chop on the bay water, slightly overcast for the run, and part of the bike there was virtually no wind. Yeah. So, so basically you're saying the course was good? Yeah, so that was John Duda. So thanks for sending that in. You know, we, we weren't quite sure last week. Obviously, it was a very fast day at the office, probably really smooth roads, and by all accounts, it was an accurate course, so Badman's uh, record was outstanding. And he just said she was amazing. Yeah. Well, 408. Mm. Pretty yeah, well, I was talking to Melina at the um, pool the other day, and he was just saying how... Because um, I was saying, hey, Chris did well, and he's saying, well, Chris, he was saying he didn't have the strongest. Chris, Chris is generally quite a strong rider. Chris McDonald, mm-hmm. this is, and uh, and he was saying Badman was in like four or five minutes behind him. Really? Yeah. Chris, Chris is a bloody ass yeah, on the bike. He's a machine on the bike, isn't yeah. he? And maybe it was just that she had such an amazing race. Mm-hmm. So what guy are we talking well, about? Just, really? just on that. Oh, okay. She's the athlete of our time, really, isn't she? She's the iron person of 
well, of yeah, our period. Yeah, I mean, um, it was very, very much Paul and Newby Fraser. It's, it's very much gone in cycles. You know, Paul and Newby Fraser was dominant for so long, and then Natasha Badman came along at the end of her career. But no, I, I believe even more than men. Like in the last, since she's been around, mm. she is the iron person. Yeah. She, well, she's the Hawaii iron person. No, she she's won quite a few other races. She yeah. doesn't race a lot though. Yeah. You know, she doesn't race a huge amount. Um, but. Hawaii, she's dominant, and, and generally when she races, she wins, but yeah. she doesn't race a huge amount, so she doesn't. I was just thinking the other day, I was just thinking, you know, the amount that she's won, um, you know, just, I know it's a male-dominated sport and maybe it's more competitive, but, you know, she's beating the record. She, you know, to me, she is the athlete of this decade, mm-hmm. you know, in, in Ironman distance racing. Yeah, I, you know? I wouldn't, you can't, you can't really go past that, the record yeah. speaks for itself. Yes, yeah, amazing. It's a nice one. Um, we'll have to get on the show one day. Yeah, we do. Mm-hmm. So grease up. Anyway, Ken Wallace, uh, we're just sort of recapping over. The <laughs> She's got a kid, I know that. Oh, okay. I've got uh, a kid too. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Happy families. Happy families. Anyway, Ken was just saying that the coverage, um, there was good coverage of the 101. Yep. Uh, he said the race was outstandingly well organised. It's actually run, I think, by the same guys that run the Triple T. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, he says it's great, great race, great concept. Um, and one thing he said was the race director was going around and asking people what they thought and really really wanted people's feedback cool so he really just wanted to say that anybody who is considering doing it um, he's, he found it outstanding and uh, when the next race comes around we'll be actually watching on slow twitch so we get a better idea of yeah, what's going totally. on that's great okay Michael Shaw has sent us through and he's just saying he's an avid listener of the show loves it and he said around about um, three weeks ago when did he send this uh, okay, 12th yep. of June he sent this um, so he said he did his own epic week uh, and when he came off that epic week he did 35 hours of training in seven days, which was massive for him. And he's training out for Ironman Austria on uh, July the 8th. Yep, pretty soon. And he's got to the point now where he's suffering a bit from overtraining. Did, I wrote him back the reply. Did you like my reply? Did I do good stuff? Uh, I can't remember what he you said. You didn't read. Oh, I didn't read. You did not. You're lying. It's the lying that hurts. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I'm interested in what sort of recovery you guys do after an event such as Epic Camp. Is it just a case of doing absolutely nothing for a couple of weeks to, to recover? Do you passively recover by doing uh, some short, sharp sessions? I'm now having a week of total rest, and it's probably okay, the hardest I'm training I've done. Answer. This is what I told him, I think. I can't actually remember. I think I said for the first week you get out and you're doing small training and just turning over so it's not very hard. Yeah. No intensity in the first week, just yep. just doing minimal amount each day, but you're still doing something every day. Uh, I generally say after an epic camp where the guys are generally going pretty extreme, I'd, I'd generally say having two days completely yeah, off. Yeah, I, I, I said one day off. Of course, of course you did. Of course you did. One day and say two, bugger. And then I said in the second week, you want to start to increase the distance time. By the end of the second week, you can start to go a little bit longer again. Yeah. Suddenly the intensity again. And, and within, when we talk about intensity, we're talking sort of half Ironman effort at, at max. So I can be your apprentice. Yeah. But I think we have done an issue on big week training, and I think we probably talked about the recovery. But yeah, I would say, like Bevan's saying, two days completely off. Well, Bevan said one, I say two. Yeah. Uh, and then around I think about I took two off. So. Five to six days. <laughs> of really light training, just more or less active recovery sessions in duration from uh, 30 minutes maybe up to a maximum of two hours yep. where you don't need to do anything long uh, until you're at least a week past the camp. Kind of depends with your epic week whether you did include intensity in there. If it was just 35 hours of volume, um, you'd probably be able to come back a bit quicker. If you did some really heavy intensity and racing, then you obviously need to take a bit longer. But I think in terms of you saying having a complete week off, I probably wouldn't suggest that would be the best um, action plan but I would say a few days completely off would be good um, which you probably had by this stage and then just some light training for uh, for about seven days and then you should be good to go. Just one thing with it as well is um, although you're normally so bloody shagged after that big week training but 
don't you know don't get keen again you know control yourself in that second week you know especially towards the end of that second week or the week off um the first week off you know you know doing half an hour a day just seems ridiculous so you think oh um See, I've, 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 this is great. I'm in control of the computer and Bevan's starting to get confused. No, no, I've got a text from my flatmate asking if I want to go see Shrek, but I only saw it last night, so <laughs> it was average. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, so, you know, just trust that your big group training has given you the foundation you need, and so then when it comes back to doing it, it's, you know, you make the most of the easier week. Okay, here we go. Okay, here you we go. You confuse me, mate. That's I've, so distracting. I shouldn't do that while I'm talking. Who's <laughs> that, Sandy? I've got to be in control more often. Um, we're getting rid of the laptop. Anyway, obviously we need to um, support our sponsors, which so is... The Coffees of Hawaii first this week? Coffees of Hawaii Because we do the rotation we system. the rotation. What I was thinking today, um, just talking about, obviously, Coffees of Hawaii. I had a Coffees of Hawaii today. Did you? Gold. Nice work. Gold. That stuff you gave me a while ago. Ooh, oh, yeah. Tasty. God. Anyway, I just kind of think, oh, these f- pictures are flashing on me. It's outstanding. Oh, and you know how, what they use? They use a program called Flash. Mm. Amazing. Wow, good name. Yeah. Anyway, I just kind of think that the co- getting coffee is a pretty cool gift idea. You know? Oh. Um, is this, uh, yeah. So Especially with someone who's a kid. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just think it's, you know, if you're struggling for a gift for somebody, for maybe for a birthday, obviously Christmas is a little way off, um, and you think they're maybe the person that's got everything, I kind of think coffee, if they're, if they're a coffee drinker, is a pretty cool little gift. It's you know what? And I was reading the paper today. I think it's a sixty or eighty billion dollar industry. So obviously, oh, coffee is pretty popular. Yes. You know what I mean? It's like people love coffee, obviously. So, um, yeah. And when you can't go wrong with coffees of Hawaii in that case, you know, because it's such a. Well, there's so many different products. You know, you can get maybe um, they've got the Molokai range. Well, there's cool things. Cool things about it. If you're going to give it as a gift, a it's different. Mm-hmm. So it's not your your bushels or you know whatever. Yeah. Um. It's it's pack, packaged beautifully, so yeah. it comes across as a real high quality product. B. It's from Hawaii, so it has that point of difference as well. Yeah. Um. And it's not something that people can go down to the local supermarket and get. Yeah, uh, and totally, and it's it's also something you know most people are going to use. Like, you, you, if you're buying a present, someone you know if they're going to drink coffee or not. So, you know that. Um, you know, you know they're going to use it. It's not yeah. like sometimes, you, you know, when you buy a present, you no, see it on Trade Me yeah. the next week or on eBay yeah. the next week. <laughs> yeah. You know that? Yeah, no. <laughs> Neither. No, no. Neither. But it's also supporting a cool company. They're, they're, they're really good guys and uh, and they've got a good philosophy, good attitude towards um, towards business. Okay, so while we're doing presents, let's go all that. What can we get them? So we can buy them some coffee. Well, go to the Island Blends. Okay. So you've got the, basically got the Molokai Blends and the Island Blends. Yep, these are, yep. They've got cool pictures on them. Uh, you've got lots of different sort of flavoured ones, macadamia nuts flavoured hazelnut flavours lots of different things they're good value um, so just get on there and so that's one, one angle we want people to no, go no no but what we're going to do while you're buying the presents is then you're also going to buy them the cups so cups, cups so and sauces so they can be drinking their cup coffees of Hawaii nice, man. They can, and they can drink the coffees of Hawaii from a coffees of Hawaii cup got, they've got all sorts of bowls can you get some bowls. cellophane and you put a little rose in there that you pick from your neighbour's garden nice. nice they've got all sorts of things they've got a demi cup She's really gone out with us, eh? So Demi Cup's the little one for those people who love, like, just, it's just a caffeine fix, isn't it? Demi is a half. That's the word for half. Oh, okay. okay. But those are those people it's who, you know, when you go to coffee shops, yep. and when I was in Portugal once, and I asked for a coffee, and uh, they gave me this little, like, that's, that's how oh, they yeah. drink it. Yeah. And I, I'm like, where is it? <laughs> <laughs> and then you take it. And, and I you took go, it, and I thought, like, booyah! So, so get on to Coffees of Hawaii, um, get some gifts for your, your friends and family, um, if you're not quite at the stage where you want to get a gift, the main thing we really want people to go on there is go on there and sign up to the Coffees of Hawaii Club. Uh, you'll get one of their cards, and then you'll be uh, informed of whenever any specials are coming on. And when I get back, we're going to start our quiz. Just oh, one thing, I'm make sure you get that. those chocolate beans as well. for the. Cause, okay, so you're going to buy a cup, chocolate beans, and, and a coffee. coffee. What a combo. Tell you what, Albert, 
Get on it. We won't charge you for that idea. Gift packs. <laughs> Gift packs. Nice. Beautiful. Our next sponsor? Athlinks. Athlinks.com. And they've been saying they've been getting a good response from all you guys. A lot of people. Yeah, did you see that email sent to us? Yeah, so it's, it's it. going well, but I'm still not that happy with the numbers. You're not yeah. a happy man, John. We've, we've, You've got a kid, you should be happy now. <laughs> we've cranked over, uh, this cranked over 16,000. When I looked on yesterday, it was still below 16,000, so they've got about another couple of hundred in the last 24 hours so that's great and we're seeing plenty of pictures coming up on the homepage for for new members and a lot of them are um uh guys that guy that, that one there challenge wrote adrian yeah i went to that today to be I'm honest sure i was he, checking out checking he, out his photos i think he's one of my friends i'm pretty sure he is anyway go to his homepage oh how do i do so that go um don't know here we go yeah Over click there. on click that on yep. Andrew, adrian. Go. yeah Go. We're going to assume that Adrian is one of my no. friends. No, he's not. You just because you got so many friends, just thinks everyone's your friend, don't you? You do. You know. Let's have a look at some of my friends. Okay, my friends. Okay, let's pick a friend for the week. Okay. Okay. Who do you want to go? Go. Andreas Wolf, you are my friend of, of the, the week. week. Okay, go to mine because I want to do this too now. Oh, hold on. Andreas oh, okay. is from San Mateo, California. He's thirty-three. He's got a few results on there. He's done the Big Kahuna Triathlon. <laughs> Big Kahuna. And That's a good name for a race, isn't it? Emerald, That's sensational. He's done the 12k uh, run, Emerald across the bay. Did the escape from Ironman? Sorry? I mean, escape from Alcatraz? Escape from Alcatraz. He did the Kaiser Permit Half Marathon. Jesus, good stuff. He's got, a, he's got a few results good on photo. there. Good photo. Good photo. Okay, go to me. Go, go to me. Okay, pick my friends. So I've only got 53 friends. Oh, man, I'm caning you. You're hammering me. It's breaking me. my heart. Okay, go to my friends. Go, no, 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 no. I want to choose. You can't choose. Oh, okay. Go up. Uh, 53 friends. Uh, uh. I know you have to wait after, but go on. Okay. Okay, okay I'm going to go pick him my best photo. Actually, no, go up. I'm going to go Barbara. Barbara McQuinn. Yep. Because I think she's my only chick. Ah. Yep. Barbara. Barbara's 50. She rides a Kestrel. Ooh. Nice. See, don't you love this crap? Yeah. She's from Oakland, California. Yep. Then go down. She did the Big Sur. International Marathon. Nice. Ooh. She did Wildflower in 2004. Nice. So they have got plenty of results, you know, from... Coeur d'Alene, 2006. Vegas. So she's obviously a marathon as well. Oh, nice. She did the Napa Valley Half Vintage... Napa Valley Vintage Half Ironman. Oh, there you go. Nice. Wait, go down, go down. Oh, nice. Very good. So anyway, um, a couple of things we just wanted to say about Athlinks. Uh, the first week when we had them on the show... Uh, they, did, they were updating their site and they did have a few search issues there and, yep. uh, on a couple of days. So just if you had any problems, just go back there and uh, it should all be solved by now. A couple of things to note on their homepage. They've, got, they've done a really good job in terms of updating that. Yep. You can take a bit of a tour and see what yeah, it's Yeah, I really like about. what they've done here. They've, really, they've really made it simple for you to understand what you need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I noticed on your one that you've added all your sponsors' products. Yep. Yeah, I haven't actually yep. finished it off yet, but yeah, it looks really good. So we really want to urge you guys to get on there. First, firstly, because these guys are supporting the show and it keeps it rolling. But secondly, once you do actually get on there and start playing around, like we've just been doing, it is pretty funky. Um, and it's a great place. And I'm actually making sure all my athletes are going to go on there and, and put their stuff up there because it's easy for me as a coach to go on there, see all their results. And I think once you get on here, you will be uh, hooked. And, uh, and the other thing that the guys at Athletics have really asked us to do is especially for you non, non-American athletes, uh, if your results aren't up there, there's a section on here which you can submit your, your race. You just yep. need to put a link to the, the website where the results are, and these guys will put it up there. So if you go on there and you find zero results for yourself, still register, send them all the details, and they will get those results up there. And that's how we really want this whole thing to grow, because it's, it's a fantastic site as it is, but we want it to grow further and be yep. much more of a worldwide thing. Um, yep. So we're, we're heading in a good direction. So yes. keep that up. 
So anyway, um, one thing we're going to focus on this week um, is in one, the, one thing that we could ask you to help us to do with the show. Is I just think one thing you could all do. I've said one thing quite a few times now. Mm. One thing. One thing. Thing, um, is that go on all the little things you're on, um, like if you're on iTunes or if you're on um, like this podcast Alley. There's just basically ways, places you can give comments on the show. So um, if you haven't done that already, it's just really great for the show. If, if, and you know, always give us five stars. We don't have to, but do. Um, but if you can just give some feedback on the, this place where you get your uh, uh, Iron Man talk from. Most people probably go through iTunes. Yeah, they? iTunes tends to dominate, but there are other ones out there, and it's just a really good way because it just gives us credibility, and uh, it just takes maybe a couple of minutes of your time, but you know, it really just helps us out. Yeah, that would be much appreciated. Yeah, so anyway. Good. You're in the 24-hour countdown before you leave, or you're 12 out, no, yeah. about 15 hours. 15 hours, haven't even packed. Secret haven't few... Okay, so a stressful day, so I went to my bike shop, and they normally give me race wheels, and I got there this morning, and I go, oh, Bev, we haven't got your race wheels. So slightly stressed, <laughs> so then I, I've been ringing people, and I ring John's sponsor, uh, Genius, um, Ian Scott, and um, and he's on the job right now, I've been getting texts throughout the show, and so hopefully I can get some race wheels. I have got a backup plan, but they're not the greatest race wheels, so... Um, yeah, so... You're feeling good. Um, I'm, I think if you race a sensible race, you know, you're going to do it. You're going to do a PB, and I think that nine hours is certainly there to break. Yeah. But I think if you go out there and try to race those uh, those dudes, I think oh, I think could be, da- be, could be danger zone. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I think the thing I've really, I think for me, Taupo was a good experience in that it just made me, because every Ironman I'd done up to that point, I'd always achieved my goal. Mm. I went into it, and I, the goal I'd set was a good, challenging goal, but I did the work, and it happened. And this one, I... Uh, the injury maybe was the concern, but I felt I'd pretty much done the work and I didn't achieve the goal. And so for me, it just made me respect the race a lot more. And so, like, um, I think I may have said this last week, but going into Taupo, I was really confident. I thought, yeah, nine hours, I'll do it. I just, there was no real doubt in my mind. And the fact that it didn't happen kind of really, well, broke my heart, to be honest. So, <laughs> um, so this one here, I just haven't even really focused on time. I've just really just thought, do the training, Go out there on a day, race your race, and if I have a good day and I don't blow up, I should be able to achieve a good time. Mm. And and that's the attitude I've really taken into it. And I think if I do that, um, you know, well, hopefully I can pull off a good day. Yeah, I think so. And I think that's uh, you, you've brought up some good points there. Staying relaxed before a race is really key. Yeah. And I'm, I'm exactly the same. When I've gone into races and I've been nice and relaxed, pretty chilled out, I've had my best days. When you get yourself really worked out, really worried about your goal, and not just focusing on the actual process of going out and doing it, mm. then uh, then you because you, you I, I know, like for example, time. nine hours is the time everyone's talking about for me for this race. But I haven't even like in my training, I haven't even been thinking about nine hours. I just haven't really even thought about the result. I've just really just focused on my day to day training. Yeah, and um, I found it's been a really interesting experience because it's just been a lonely mission this time. It hasn't been lonely; it's just been a solo mission. But um, I think it's been good for me for that reason so it's just going to be fascinating I must say thanks to quite a few people um, I know you probably do this after the race but I'm going to do it now um, Albert from Coffees of Hawaii a guy called Neil Hemmon from Christchurch has helped me out heaps and a real estate agent called Adrian Shaw so if you're going to sell some houses in Christchurch Adrian Shaw is the person to go to um, the listeners big time high five um, Scotty Browns is there anyone else I'm missing out on Blue 70 yeah oh, Blue 70 big time yep um just you know, it's a lot of my time goes into the sport, and I, I couldn't do it without everyone's support. And just you know, the listeners, the amount of emails I've got this week, people just saying, um, you know, good luck and wrote, and I'm sure I'll get a lot this week as well. So just thanks so much for this stuff. It's a, I don't know, it's a cool thing this I'm in talk, eh? mm, You know, and it's, it's just, growing. Yeah, and, and it's growing, which is even good. But so yeah, bring it on. I went. To, I was out at the New Zealand Jethon Champs today, and uh, I, was st- I was standing there. I was doing commentary, and there's this girl who was helping out with the timekeeping, and she turned to me and says. 
Oh, I've just realised why I recognise your voice. Oh, really? I listen to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you an interesting story, actually. We, we had the New Zealand Duathlon Champs today. It was a really small field. Duathlon's a pretty small sport over yeah. here. It was raining. It was a pretty crappy day. They had a field of maybe about 120, yeah. 130, something small like event. that. And uh, we were getting ready for prize giving. And I said, right, when, when are we doing the prize giving? I was saying to the organiser. And, uh, and she said, oh, we can't do it yet. Um, the drug testers are here and they've got the guys for drug testing. Oh, really? So I just said, that's, that's outstanding. You wow. know, the poxy little New Zealand champion. <laughs> little poxy race. And, just uh, take away the credit from the winner. <laughs> <laughs> and but they had drug testing. So wow. it's great to see that they are that, that it's happening in New Zealand. That is good, isn't it? Mm. Well, because it wouldn't be cheap either, would it? No. Well, that's one of the things Ben Ferrick says in that, uh, that interview. Oh, there goes the alarm. Somebody's breaking into a house down our street. Yeah, nice. Um, he said, you know, the cost of drug testing is, is very, very expensive. So great to see it happening in New Zealand. It's going to happen very, very heavily in Germany. Oh, uh, there's a huge amount of testing over there. Yeah, so so I'm on the plane tomorrow morning. I've got my camera ready. I've got my, I'm going for six meals. It's, uh, I'm also looking forward to I'm really looking forward to the race. I'm looking forward to the party afterwards. Everyone just says the party en route is just mm. mammoth. And, uh, and so it's kind of cool. And then I'm um, really looking forward to spending some time in LA on the way home too. So bring it on. Would you maybe do a show from LA? We could do another LA oh, special. Oh, we will. We will. Nice. Bring it on. Very good. Well, all the best. Yep. And I'll catch up for you guys next week. And uh, anyway, it's the show. Iron Rusks. Iron Mendo. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha. Beautiful. Hey guys, just one thing I need to add. Um, those of you who are trying to get a rote jersey or the Iron Man talk jerseys in rote, um, sorry to say, but we don't actually have the jerseys at this stage because they didn't come through in time. So, um, really sorry about that, but we'll get them to you as soon as they're done. Um, it's a bit of a disappointment. You don't get to use them in the race, but uh, yeah, sorry about that. So, anyway, for those of you who want to re- meet me in Rote, I'm going to be at the Blue 70 booth at 1 o'clock on Friday. Now, I haven't actually asked them that, so I'm hoping that they'll be okay with that. But plan to be at the Blue 70 booth, which is the booth number 15. It will be in your information pack, I imagine, at the um, sporting convention area of the Rote Challenge. Um, I'll be there at 1 o'clock, so come along, say hello, and it'll be really nice to meet you. Um, other thing is, I'm going to be putting up a few shows throughout this week with the people I've interviewed. First up tomorrow, I'm going to put up one from Felix. We had a good chat yesterday for about half an hour and uh, some really good info from him on how to run an event. So anyway, that's the show and I'll talk to you soon.